something about keeping alert. So I thought since only three people stood up during the worship time and no one danced, if everybody would stand up and do as I do. Okay, so stand up. <laughs> Wait, we stood up. We stood now, raise your right hand as far as you can. Okay. But I, he said to keep alert. Now, I've got my left hand up. I said, do what I do. So which hand do you have up? Okay, all right, let's just do what I say. Raise both hands. Reach up really, really high. Turn to the right. Squeeze that person's shoulders really quick. One, two, three, four, five. Turn to the left. Squeeze those people's shoulders. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Up, oh, partiality. All right. Now you can sit back down. Good morning. Um, I feel kind of like a visiting pastor. I see so many faces of people that I don't know as much as I'd love to know. So I hope that can change over the coming months. Um, so I welcome you and I hope you will welcome me if I'm strange to you. Um, today I want to talk a little bit about... Um, the journey of life that we are on. And uh, I hope to end up with, uh, for many of you, with how we got the name of our church. How many people know the name of the church you're in today? How many people don't? Let me see that. Don't know the name of the church. Okay, great. I'm still afraid that's a trick question. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll try to be serious from here on out. Okay. Why are you laughing? Um, So, um, I really want to kind of try to see how the messages that have been spoken over the last quarter, they really do, even though we don't get together as a a leadership team and plan the messages, I, I still firmly believe that somehow, if you listen closely and think about them, somehow God has a way of speaking through all these different people to what he's trying to get at. So we've had messages. We've had a message about food during the last quarter. We've had a couple of messages about heaven. We've had a message last week about um, idols that Greg brought, which I thought was really good and really timely as we kind of, everybody kind of looks to the new year and what's ahead for this year. And then we've had a couple of messages about rest. And so how in the world do all these things kind of converge into one thing and so I I want to try to talk a little bit about that and a little bit about who we are as Gateway Christian Fellowship um, and kind of revisit the foundations of our church a little bit so that's kind of where I'm wanting to go as we look towards this new year together and so one of the things that Greg had talked about last week which a lot of people weren't here because of other um, responsibilities was the whole concept of idols, how subversive they are, how they take us away from, uh, you know, the presence of the Lord and walking in the way that we should and steal our hearts from the one who has bought us. Uh, particularly, uh, I guess it was the idol of mammon was the really the big one that he focused on. And it's kind of an important one when you live in the culture that we, we live in. And so 
And I've talked a little bit about the concept of resting in God that, you know, God first exemplified that in that He rested on the seventh day and then He ordained and commanded that for us in the Sabbath rest and then He also invited us into His rest, which is a rest from our own works. And just as a little review of that, in Hebrews 4.9, this is what the Scripture says. So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who has entered his rest, God's rest, the one who has entered God's rest has himself also rested from his works. So the question is, am I still working my works or am I resting in the works that God created for me beforehand? Therefore, let us be diligent to enter that rest, His rest, so that no one will fall through following the same example of disobedience. And the, the example of disobedience that the Bible is talking about there is um, when the people of Israel were delivered from Egypt and, and were set towards the promised land, once they sent in people, uh, spies to spy out the land, they brought back a bad report that people did not have faith that God was going to take them into the promised land. And so that lack of faith, that lack of being open to God's word for them, angered God. And the Bible says that He loathed that generation for 40 years, even though He provided for them all that time. There's soles of their sandals didn't wear out and they had he provided food every day um, they were not going to enter his rest because of unbelief that's the that's the type of disobedience that this example is talking about and then it goes on the very next verse says for the word of god is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, both of joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intents of the heart. And so, a lot of times we look at that as being uh, something bad. But the Word of God, when used by Christ, it says in Ephesians 5.23, Just as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself up for it, so that he might sanctify her. How? Having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the Word. And so the Word of God is living and active and sharper and able to judge in, in the intents of the heart because God uses it to wash us, to cleanse us. And so I want to kind of try to take this concept of rest and, and the concept of keeping ourselves from idols and uh, look at this journey that we find ourselves on. And, and I'm going to start that by looking at one of the names of God. If you want to turn in your Bible, you can, but uh, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes when I read this. Um, so it's the seventh chapter of Daniel. I'm going to read, I, I, I think I'll read the whole passage 9 through 22, but there's mainly what I want you to focus on as you visualize this is the name of God. So if you would, close your eyes, but if you want to read along, if you're better at, uh, if you're more of a person that is a seeing person than a hearing person, then read it. So Daniel 7, 
verses 9 through 22, focusing on the name of God in this passage, but also if you can visualize what's going on, that's great. I kept looking until the thrones were set up and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His vesture was like white snow and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was ablaze with flames. Its wheels were a burning fire. A river of fire was flowing and coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands were attending him and myriads upon myriads were standing before him. The court sat and the books were opened. Then I kept looking because of the sound of the boastful words which the horn was speaking. I kept looking until the beast was slain and its body was destroyed and given to the burning fire. As for the rest of the beast, their dominion was taken away. But an extension of life was granted to them for an appointed period of time. I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man was coming, and he came up to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all the peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away. And his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. As for me, Daniel, my spirit was distressed within me and the visions in my mind kept alarming me. I approached one of those who were standing by and began asking him the exact meaning of all this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. These great beasts, which are four in number, are four kings who will arise from the earth. But the saints of the highest one will receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, for all ages to come. Then I desired to know the exact meaning of the fourth beast, which was different from all the others, exceedingly dreadful, with its teeth of iron and its claws of bronze which devoured, crushed, and trampled down the remainder with its feet, and the meaning of the ten horns that were on his head, and the other horn which came up, and before which three of them fell, namely that horn which had eyes and a mouth, uttering great boasts, and which was larger in appearance than its associates. I kept looking, and that horn was waging war with the saints, and overpowering them until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was passed in favor of the saints of the Highest One. And the time arrived when the saints took possession of the kingdom. So what was the name of God? Ancient of Days. Days. There's also another name of God which doesn't really jump out at us because we don't think about it because we're focused on the ancients of days. And that's the Son of Man. Jesus was God as well, is God as well. But the ancients of days is kind of an interesting name of God. And you know what? It's the only place in the Bible that it appears. 
right here. It's the only time it's used. Which is kind of interesting to me because he's called the Ancient of Days, but he's talking about the future. Now, that seems kind of interesting that they wouldn't use the immortal, eternal God, but they say he's the Ancient of Days, and yet it's a prophecy about the future. And so, it's interesting to me that here we find ourselves on this journey, and the one who will sit and rule over the end is the same one who is at the beginning, the Alpha and the Omega. So the God of the Old Testament and the New Testament was also God before the Old Testament. The Ancient of Days means he was before time. Um, And that God has given us ancient words. And those ancient words lay out a path for us to walk. Um, Jesus knew that path. Uh, if you remember in John chapter 13 um, the scene is the disciples and Jesus are at the last supper before his crucifixion and Jesus takes a towel and washes their feet but before that he says I know where I have come from and I know where I am going so Jesus came from eternity entered time walk this path through time and then enter eternity again. And so he then says later on or before that, I am the way, the truth, the life. As a matter of fact, I think we sung that this morning, didn't we? You said you are the way, the truth, the life. We, 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 we confessed that. We sung it this morning. And so what I want to look at is this path, this journey that uh, the believers in the Lord are on. And it's interesting, I'm going to go back to um, one of the prophets, the weeping prophet of Jeremiah, to kind of pick up the reference to this particular path. And it's in Jeremiah 6.16, if you want to turn there. We're going to look at 6.16 and we're going to look at Jeremiah 18.13. Jeremiah 6.16 says this, Thus says the Lord. These particular passages come in the midst of um, an admonition and pronouncement against Israel who has abandoned the Lord and and has chosen to, to worship idols and to follow idols and to believe in idols and to trust in idols and have turned away from God. And yet in the midst of it, this is what the prophet Jeremiah says to the people. Jeremiah 6.16 Thus says the Lord, Stand by the ways and see and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk in it. And then Jeremiah says, And I said, and set a watchman over you, saying, Listen to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, We will not listen. So there is this path, this ancient path, that God says is a good way. And he says, If you walk in it, you'll find rest for your souls. Continuing on in Jeremiah 18.13, it says this, 
Therefore, the well, I'm going to I'm going to skip that and go to Jeremiah eighteen uh, fifteen. For my people, again speaking about Israel, for my people have forgotten me. They burn incense to worthless gods, and they have stumbled from their ways, from the ancient paths to walk in bypaths, not on a highway. And so, idols turning away from God, we get off the highway onto a bypath. Now, what in the world does an ancient path look like that also can be a highway and not a bypath? You know, God originally dealt with man one-on-one. He, his, his heart and his desire was to speak to man. He spoke to Abraham. He spoke to Isaac. He spoke to Jacob. He spoke to Moses. And he tried to speak to the Israelites. But when they heard him, they were afraid. And they said, we don't want to hear from him because it'll kill us. Moses, you go listen for us and tell us what he said. And so what came out of that was what? God had to write some stuff on two rocks. The Ten Commandments. So there's the path. Okay, if if you don't want to listen to me, then here are the rules. Okay? And so that was the path they were given. And that was the mediator for whether they were on the path or not. If they obeyed the Ten Commandments. And so it was never God's heart for it to be that way. It, over and over, if you'll do a Bible search, it says, if you listen to my voice, there's something that happens if you listen to my voice. And that phrase over and over is that it may go well with you. How many people want things to go well with them? Only three people. Well, okay. <laughs> we all do, you know. But going well and resting does not mean inactivity. It does not mean that the highway is like this. How many know that even on the highway of God's highway that there are hills and there are curves and sometimes when it's steep going down it's like I am going to be out of control here and so it takes a measure of faith when you think you're out of control to be trusting God if, if life is presenting you that and which is worse going down a hill you're out of control or trying to get up one that's just about to kill you because of the endurance that it takes. Or one is like Randy and Lisa I were talking about earlier in, in the prayer time. One that has a right hand curve in it and you have no idea what's around the corner. So do you slow down and just stop and say, I'm not I'm not going until some to God gives me a mirror and I can see where I'm going. You know? So there's this highway, this journey that God has for us. And for those that are believers, um, the destination is sure, isn't it? What's the destination? God's calling us to what? He's calling us to Himself. So one day, even though today we see through a glass dimly, one day we'll see Him how? Face to face. face. That's kind of hard to... Nobody's seen Him face to face, but 
Are we really going to see Him face to face and not die? That's going to be an amazing day when God can reveal Himself and we really will get to see Him face to face. I don't know the theology about that. I don't know how it all will work. I know as a bride I'll get to see the groom face to face. Looking forward to that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're right now, the destination is sure. It's the path. And it's, the, it's how we respond on the path that brings glory to God. And that's a little bit about what I want to talk about. How do we know what the path is? Well, a long time ago, the path was the Ten Commandments, right? Okay, you don't want to, you, you know, you can't listen to my voice so that things will go well with you. Do these things, and things will go well for you. If you don't do these things, this, these Ten Commandments will mediate between you and I. And so, you know, the Lord has said that in many different ways in, in, in His Word. Um, you know, as as we've come forward, He's just tried to just dumb it down for some of us. You know, like in Micah, uh, it says, He has told you, O man, what is good for you and what the Lord should require of you. There's not Ten Commandments. There's just, but do justice. What else? Love mercy, Love mercy and walk humbly. Walk humbly. Three Three easy things to do. Ten to three, okay? Um, then it's like, okay, how about how about if I just make a new covenant and I'll just write it on your heart? Let's try that. Because rules on stone to stony hearts just didn't making it happen. So I'm going to give you a new heart. And I'm going to write those laws on your heart. And then Jesus comes along and says, look, it's not that you don't have to read and memorize it, but I can sum up the whole Old Testament, the Law and the Prophets, in two commandments for you. Just two commandments. Let's go from ten to three to two. And let's, can you just keep those in your heart? And what were those two commandments? What's the first and great commandment that Jesus said? Heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's pretty all-encompassing, isn't it? It's pretty much all of us. And then the second one is... Love most of your neighbors. Love most of your neighbors. Right. <laughs> Greg, Greg reads first opinions a lot. So, you know, you've got to kind of go with the flow here. Love your neighbor as yourself. But, you know, then to his disciples, how many of you are a disciple or really are trying to be a disciple of Christ? He didn't say love your neighbor as yourself. He said what? Love one another as I have loved you. That's a little bit of a step up, isn't it, from loving your neighbor as yourself. And so, here we find ourselves on this path that, that God's given. And then, you know, he, he gives this invitation, you know, to enter His rest. Um, but... There's something that has to happen to enter that rest, and, and that something is called faith. And to continually walk in a place of His rest means that our hearts have to be open to respond to God. Which means what? For our heart to be open, we have to know His will, which is part of that's written on our hearts, isn't it? We instinctively know 
that the, that the, the Ten Commandments are right. But it's not the mediator anymore. Jesus is. But if you aspire to obey the Ten Commandments, you'll be on this highway that God has said things will go well for you. Now his definition of well and our definition of well are two different things. Because our well includes happiness, whereas his well includes joy. And there's a vast difference between the two, which sometimes is kind of hard to understand. And so, would you rather be happy or would you rather have an overflowing joy? Well, I'm kind of selfish. I'd like to have both. But if I had to choose between the two, I'd rather have joy. Because I know it's not going to be, everything's going to be happy all my life. There are difficult times. There are disappointing times. There, there are times when that you don't understand. And so, if I can have joy in the midst of those times, yeah, I'll take that. And there's a highway that I can be on that will give me that. Um, I want to give. I want to read a verse out of um, Isaiah here for you because. One, in one point, Isaiah says that God's ways are not our ways. And it says, His thoughts are not our thoughts. Neither are our ways His ways. But do you think Abba Father really wants it that way? Don't you think He really wants us to learn His ways and to think His thoughts? That's what the whole process of sanctification is about. Is that we would come in and be and reflect his image and, and show forth his character and learn his ways. Not just be like the, the, the children of Israel who knew his acts, but Moses knew what? What did he know about God? He didn't know just how he acted. He knew his ways. And so God's heart is that we do know his ways and that we come to think his thoughts through instruction through the Holy Spirit. And so there is this highway that's available to us. In Isaiah 35, 8, it says, A highway will be there, a roadway, and it will be called the highway of holiness. The unclean will not travel on it, but it will be for him who walks that way and fools will not wander on it. No lion will be there, nor will any vicious beast go up on it. These will not be found there, but the redeemed will walk there. You know, the, 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 the concept of highway is, there's lots of verses in Isaiah that have the word highway in them. There's a highway that goes from Assyria to Egypt and they will go back and forth and worship with one another. There's highways. There's a highway um, in Isaiah 43. It says, The voice is calling, Clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. Make smooth in the desert a highway for our God. But then there's this other verse called Isaiah 62.10, which if you don't know the name of our church, it's Gateway Christian Fellowship. And it's kind of the found, foundation verse from which... Our church sprang, and and from which we kind of were commissioned, and we felt like it was our calling. And we haven't, at least publicly, 
visited this verse in a long time. And it just felt as I was praying and writing and reading that it seemed like a great time with so many new people that you kind of understand the calling and purpose at least in the foundations of our church. And I really, as I look out and think about what we're about, I don't think it's changed much. But this is the verse from which we got our name, Isaiah 62.10. So if you uh, are a member of Gateway or if you want to be a Gateway member, one of the requirements is that you underline this verse in your Bible. (laughs) Isaiah 62.10 says this, Go through, go through the gates. That's where Gateway came from, in case you didn't catch that. Go through, go through the gates. Clear the way for the people. Build up, build up the highway. Remove the stones. Lift up a standard over the peoples. That was our commission 26 or 7 years ago, something like that. And... um, I really kind of see us still walking in the truth of that. You know, um, our church is a gate, a gateway. It's a gate. Um, What we're really trying to do is clear the way for people to come and be a part of us. Um, And one of the practical ways of doing that, we learned last quarter, was food. (laughs) Come eat with us. You know, Share our lives with clear away, in other words, invite you into our life. There are many people that Greg does that every week with different individuals. He invites them into his life. And so do many other people in our church. Uh, is to make a way and clear a way that you can come and be a part of who we are. Uh, it was interesting because uh, Brian and I were talking about um, the things that his church is uh, trying to re-initial uh, do and I guess your pastor has a vision for clearing a way for just everybody to be able to come to their church that they don't see them as people that have it totally all together we're just real people that are walking in the grace of God we've got problems and issues and things we're still dealing with just like everybody else and so um, clearing a way means sharing meals together spending time together with people Inviting them, not just to this gathering, but to be a part of our lives. Letting them see that we're real people that have real struggles, uh, that are that are walking by faith as God just sanctifies us and makes us hopefully more and more each day a little bit like Him. So that's our heart, is to clear a way for people to come be a part of us. But more than that, for them to be a part of the kingdom of God, whether they come here or not. We, we have been a church that um, gives a lot of energy to just seeing people become a part of the kingdom of God, whether it builds into us numerically or not. Um, and God's given us a grace for that. He really has. Um, build up, build up the highway. Well, what highway is this? This highway of holiness is really just lifting up the Word of God. Um, and that's what we try to do, is just lift up the Word of God and, and, and build that up not only in our own hearts, but in the people that come and, and, and be with us for a season. Remove the stones. 
this is where Greg's message really comes into play because the stones here are pillars of worship. And those pillars, whatever they are in the ancient times, they look very different today, but they're idols. And that's the wonderful thing about the Word of God. It's living and active and can pierce between soul and spirit able to judge the, the thoughts and intents of our heart. It's good. It tells you when you're getting off the highway and you're really beginning to trust in something that's becoming an idol in place of trusting God. Whether you're going downhill, uphill, or around a corner that you don't know where you're going. And so, um, we not only want to remove the stones from our own, the idols in our own life, but preach the word in such a way that it makes people aware of idols in their life. You know, God is the one that does that, not us. To lift up a standard. A standard is a flag. In the in the Old Testament times, you know, they carried this standard, a flag for each one of the tribes. It told who they were. And so we're supposed we're, we lift up our standard, and our standard, the flag that we fly, is Christ Himself, um, and that's who we lift up. And then, because that's our standard, the banner that rides over us is banner of love, and that that banner is one that we try to, as best we know how, and as much grace as we have, um, extend to other people. That's that's what we're we're about. And so that's who we are as a church. And that's kind of been our commission, our foundation, and I think still our call to walk in the truths of this particular verse. Um, you know, in the old, old, old Testament times, there, there was a highway. It was called the King's Highway. And the only people that could, that could ride on that road were, was the kings and the priests. And so the Highway of Holiness which is the King's Highway for us today, is available for you and I. It's an invitation to walk in a place where we can rest from, cease from our own works and do the works that He's created for us beforehand. And so, yes, we rejoice in the strength of God, Bill, like you were saying this morning, but we also rejoice in the grace of God that He equips us to do the works that He has created beforehand. There, there's a life and a path for you and I. All of them may be a little bit different, but they're all on the highway of holiness. If we can learn to keep ourselves from idols, hold up and stay under the banner of Christ, and clear the way for other people to come and join us. And so I just really want to encourage us all in, in that as we kind of turn this corner into a new year and you're kind of trying to wonder, well, what, you know, what, what, what am I supposed to be about? Well, I think at, as a part of this church, that, that intuitively has to be a part of what you're about this year. And so I just want to leave that with you and um, um, maybe pronounce a benediction that um, I felt would be appropriate. So just a short verse out of Psalm 25. I'm sorry, Psalm 16:11. And it says this. David speaking to speaking to the Lord. 
you will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So I just want to encourage you stay on the highway of holiness and not in the byways and the paths. Page 25, please. <clears throat>